This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Kia ora and welcome to Beyond the Script, conversations with clinical pharmacists from the University of Otago School of Pharmacy Clinic, Hero Kawakawa, Wharehaumanu, sharing insights into the clinical consultations that help patients review and manage their medicines. What is pain and how do we manage it? That's the focus of today's edition of Beyond the Script. With us today, Emma Smith, Professional Practice Fellow of the University of Otago, and David Williams, Physiotherapist and Clinic Manager with TBI Health. David has a strong interest in the management of patients with persistent musculoskeletal pain uh, with a focus on low back pain and has just finished his Master's thesis studying in prevention and treatment of persistent low back pain. Uh, Emma and David, uh, kia ora, thanks for joining us here on Beyond the Script. Kia ora. Let's start with a bit of a definition, shall we? What is pain? Cool. Thanks, Jeff. Um, so pain. Well, I'm probably going to say pain a lot during this <laughs> um, because there's no other really way to explain it. But uh, the the thing with pain, it's a, it's a really um, universal uh, feeling. Most people have had pain in their life at some point. Um, and it's very unique to that individual. Uh, but we've got a definition here that I've borrowed from the International Association for the Study of Pain. Uh, and they say that pain is an unpleasantry, unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with or resembling that associated with actual or potential tissue damage. So that's one sentence, but there's actually um, a lot to unpack in that one sentence. Um, so uh, real key points with, with pain um, is pain that is, it's always a personal experience. It's always what that individual has experienced at that time and that moment. Um, and it's actually influenced by a lot of different factors. Um, and we divide these factors up into three things. The biological factors, so what's happening in the body, um, whether it's a sore tendon or a broken bone. The person's psychological state um, influences it quite a lot, um, so uh, depression and anxiety or worry about um, pain, um, and social factors. Social factors can play a massive role. Uh, do you have a supportive workplace? Do you have an easy life? Uh, or have you got 10 kids you're running after? It makes it hard to actually uh, look after yourself. Um, or uh, do you have the money to access the care that you really need? So that's one part. Um, the other other kind of big part of that is uh, we talk about this resembling actual petition, uh, tissue damage or associated with. It doesn't always mean that there is ongoing tissue damage. Um, and sometimes people get a little bit angsty with that statement because uh, we start talking about these statements like, oh, pain is generated in the brain. That's where pain's actually made. Um, and people often say, what, so you're just telling me it's in my head that I'm crazy, that I'm making it up? And a key part of that is that, no, you're not making it up. Um, everyone's pain experience needs to be respected. Um, and if you are feeling that someone's saying it's in your brain um, and that you're making it up, that that's probably not the actual message they're trying to get across, um, that it's actually just the, the body alarm system is going that says something's wrong but we don't always necessarily mean that there's damage yeah so that's kind of pain in a definition um, uh, another kind of part of it is uh, pain is really good right we we want pain 
sometimes. Um, You're going to need to explain that one yeah. to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's actually a really interesting um, case. Uh, some there's a there's a s- small genetic condition where people have the inability to feel pain. They cannot feel pain. It's a there's a particular one family in Europe that's been really well studied, um, and they do not know what pain is, and and that's quite a bizarre understanding or um, worldview. So uh, these people, as children, they have to get their teeth removed because they bite their tongue a lot and it bleeds. They will break their leg and they will walk on it because it's not sore. There's no reason not to. Um, Even to an extreme that uh, they might have a, a cat or a dog and they may actually hurt that cat or dog, but they don't understand that the cat or dog is sore. So we kind of need pain to survive in this world, otherwise we're not going to survive. It's really, really crucial. So that's why pain is good. <laughs> um, and pain is good for a short period of time because it makes us change things. You know, have you ever seen your, if you ever touched a hot plate as a kid? Did you go back and touch it again straight away? Probably not. You probably go, oh, that really hurt and I don't like that. Maybe I'll stay away from that. So that's why pain is good. They're indicators, things, they're alert systems. Absolutely. And, and and it's sufficiently uncomfortable for us to say we need to do something about this. Yeah, yeah. The, the issue is when pain goes on for a really long time um, or our body is still generating pain or interpreting pain when there's no more danger. That's when it becomes a problem because when that happens, it has a real big impact on our function. So we can't go to work and can't take our you know kids to school or can't go play footy on the weekend. Um, and that flows on to these effects on the social and the psychological state of the person in pain. So that's a real big problem. So quite complex to even grasp um, the many different uh, facets of pain. Um, So therefore, it begs the question, how do we manage pain? Well, management um, is is a, a challenge, and we look at it from a, a number of different um, aspects. So, say you know, Dave has just said that pain is a good thing; it's there to protect your body, your body, um, and um, we need it. Um, however. If we have a, a tension headache, we can take a paracetamol and get on with our day, and that's okay to do that. Um, there are different kinds of pain, as, as Dave's described, and the way in which we manage the pain is different depending on the kind of pain that you've got. So, say, for example, um, you're playing footy and you've broken your leg, morphine works very well in that particular uh, instance. Um, However, morphine wouldn't work at all well for someone who has sciatica, so a nerve kind of pain. So the different kinds of pain relievers that there are um, come in a variety of different categories. So everyone knows about paracetamol, and paracetamol is our sort of base pain relief. Um, It's what the World Health Organization suggests that we use as a, as a baseline um, to cover for pain and taking two tablets four times a day no more than eight and 24 hours is totally reasonable provided that you're over 50 kilos um, there are a, a family of drugs called the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories so they are drugs that you will know about which you can see in a, in a, a supermarket such as ibuprofen or in a pharmacy such as diclofenac um, and those drugs are very useful at reducing inflammation and they work very well for things like osteoarthritic pain. The problem is that they do come with side effects. 
as do all medicines. So if you look at um, uh, medicines information leaflet or patient information leaflet you might be given, when you actually look at the side effect profile, I'm too honest, I wouldn't take anything. Um, Because if you look at paracetamol, uh, paracetamol has headache listed as a side effect because it can cause a side effect, um, headache as a side effect. So um, non-steroidals, those particularly um, like the ibuprofens and the diclofenacs are not fantastic for if you have any underlying heart or kidney problems. Um, they also don't like the stomach that much. So you know, you're always advised to take it after you had something to eat. Um, there are a, another family of painkillers which people will have heard about called the opioids. Um, they're prescribed um, things like tramadol, codeine, morphine, um, really good for extreme pain, um, but only ever to be used short term. Um, and it's one of the jobs of the pharmacist is to make sure that um, patients are advised about what the risks and benefits of using these medicines are. So short term uh, benefits are pain relief. Um, and long-term issues are things like tolerance. So you need more and more of the drug to get the same effect. And dependence is a concern as well. Um, there are another family of drugs that we use. And these are the fun ones called GABA analogs. Lots of fun at parties as pharmacists. Um, and they might be things such as gabapentin or pregabalin. Now, they are um, there to really just sort of reduce... Um, We've got lots of uh, neurotransmitters in our brain and the excitatory ones can be responsible for pain. So by adding this particular medication, we can really help with nerve pain. So say, for example, if you've had shingles or or sciatica, it might be quite a good choice. Um, But we tailor um, the the medication to the kind of pain that the person is experiencing. and of course, you know, pain can affect your emotional state and, and how we interpret pain is different depending on our culture as well and our different personal experiences. Um, people talk about the term painkillers. That's not a thing. No such thing. As no a such thing as a painkiller. <laughs> um, so we're trying to move away from painkillers and um, to pain relievers and having a really honest conversation about how, um, how much impact these drugs can have on pain so say we might say to you look actually your pain is going to go from um you're currently at a, a seven out of ten and we talk about a pain scale so zero being no pain at all and ten being the most excruciating agony that you can think of for me that would be childbirth um and say if you're sitting at about a seven realistically depending on the kind of pain and what drugs we're using we, you know we'd be happy if we got it down to a six or a five out of ten uh, those are statistically significant re- reductions. So we really want to sort of be um, honest and realistic about what we can achieve. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a balance that's uh, to be struck. Um, but, you know, we, we have all these different medicines and medicines can be really scary and it's really useful to be able to speak to people so that you're fully informed about what you're putting in your body. Yeah, and so we come to the important question of getting the right advice and the particular advantages of talking with the School of Pharmacy. Oh, absolutely. Um, So we are a a, a team of clinical pharmacists who are very interested in um, pain, as as one of the things we're interested in. Um, We would like to hear from people who are experiencing pain, um, and we would like you to come and talk to us about your pain so that we can understand it and uh, work with you uh, and your expectations of treatment so that... um, we understand what you're experiencing and can translate that working with your GP um, 
to tailor the approach to you as an individual with your your kind of pain. I think, um, yeah, I think the, the key thing with with pain is is having a team. Yeah, absolutely, and and we will refer to physios um, when we you know if if we feel that that would be appropriate, and physios refer to pharmacists too, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like we talked before, pain is is a really complex thing, particularly persistent pain, pain that's been going on for quite some time. Mm. Um, and in that situation, uh, for a complex problem, we want to probably a complex solution. It's mm-hmm. not just going to be, I take this medication and I'm away laughing. Uh, it's it's often that I take this medication and we have that reduction in pain like you were talking about, that mm-hmm. one to two out of ten, and that frees up a little bit of room. I, I kind of say like room for activities. We can We can do a little bit there. We can engage in some therapy or we can do some exercises or we can get back to some work um, and that re-engaging in meaningful activities is the mainstay of treatment so it's really important that with the GP um, and the pharmacist we optimise the medication because it gives us the best chance to actually get started and once we get a little bit of success then we can move forward Um, and it's better to get in early with that rather than kind of being on a medication for some time and uh, it hasn't worked and we've lost that option now it's kind of lost its its use because if we can get it early we can get you moving uh, get you re-engaging with everyday activities such with an occupational therapist or uh, working alongside a psychologist and a physio to find meaning and and the reason for pain um, then we actually win mm-hmm. one thing by itself can I just ask a couple of questions? Go for it. We often hear about self-medication uh, <laughs> to, to deal with all sorts of pain, emotional yeah. pain yeah, too, definitely. right? Yeah, um, the dangers of that. Well, yeah, I mean, and of course, uh, Dr. Google as well is a bit of a problem. So you find that patients will um, self-medicate with all sorts of things um, because actually when people are in pain, they're mm. desperate. Absolutely. You know, they're really desperate. And uh, I think, you know, having um, an element of hope, um, you know, in any which way that they can find it is, is, is a problem. But uh, well, it's not, it's not a problem, but it's, it can be that some patients are looking in the wrong place and we're here to guide them um, with regards um, how we can move forward slowly and steadily um, to get them to where they want to be. So, um, yeah, I'd, self, self-medicating, you can get yourself in a, a right pickle um, by think, just yeah. taking stuff that, you know, really isn't very good for you at all. I mean, definitely, like, all, all medication that we prescribe have side effects. And, yeah. And so do medications that we might not be prescribed. Or, you know, if we're using alcohol as a as a, a, a drug to help with pain, they all have side effects. So it's, it's mm. actually best to, to have a team approach mm-hmm. and have a consultation with your GP and pharmacist to actually fully understand what those side effects are and what the potential benefits are and then you can make a really strong plan that oh I'm gonna get this you know might get this pain relief but I'll understand I may get these side effects and I'm willing to tolerate that so I can get back into my life but if you don't have the conversation then you don't no. And opioids can actually make things worse as well. So people will yep. take, you know, something like codeine and then that will help with their pain. 
not for everybody but that's another thing but um, it'll help with their pain and then they'll need more of it and then what will happen is they'll may, may start to complain about terrible stomach pain and then actually as it turns out they're horribly constipated and so it kind of you, you, you think that you're, you're sorting one thing out and actually you're just causing something else to occur where you need another medication to treat that yeah. so, I, think a, I think an interesting part about that is the difference between dependence and a Addiction. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, being psychologically dependent and being addicted to something is a to- it is a, it's a different um, it's a different thing. Um, and, but it's it's something that we need to be talking to our patients quite openly and frankly about um, because one of the key um, things within um, healthcare is that patients have the right to be fully informed and to make good decisions about their health. Um, so if you want to do that and you are in experiencing pain, come and talk to us at the pharmacy clinic. Um, our telephone number is 03479 8141. Um, that's 03479 8141. Or you can send us an email at pharmacy.clinic at otago.ac.nz. Or you can book an appointment online by visiting the pharmacy clinic website at the University of Otago. So there are many ways of getting hold of us. We're super keen to help in the best way we can, and we want to work collaboratively with our physio friends and working with the GPs as well. And the patient who's part of the team, of and course. And the, oh, the patient's oh, yeah. the most important part of the team. <laughs> I just had one other question, and, yeah. and it's around, you know, there, there is some mystery, isn't there, around pain, and we've kind of touched on that a little bit. What about those conditions where there is no obvious physical cause? I'm talking about fibromyalgia and, and, and conditions like that. Can the clinic help with that, those kind of conditions? Um, yes, they can. Um, and it might be that um, certainly if there's nothing um, that you could sort of say tissue damage wise has occurred um, but the pain is there the pain is real for the patient that um, there is actually a really good um, uh, lot of studies to say that um, effectively as my grandma used to say a problem shared is a problem halved and just being able to talk it through being listened to um, and then trying to come up with solutions together which work because actually you can get real gems from people finding out what's worked for them and what hasn't and keep doing the things that work and stop doing the things that don't Um, but sometimes it's just um, having that conversation to gain that insight into what's working and what's not can be really helpful. And there's, there's always there was always a reason for pain. That's uh, one of the key things is that people often will have a have the MRI from a specialist and they'll say, "Oh, look, you know, there's nothing wrong." And, but the person's like, "Well, no, actually, I've got pain still, and I'm really sore." Um, mm-hmm. That's often when we want to have a look at those other options. Talking about medication, talking about about physio because there's always a reason Mm -hmm. for pain but it might not be what we're classically trained as with I've got a sore thing because I've heard it such an interesting discussion Uh, and it's great to hear that there are professionals out there who can help us manage our way through it Emma Smith and David Williams thanks for joining us on Beyond the Script thanks Thanks very much Jeff thanks for having us you've been listening to Beyond the Script conversations with clinical pharmacists from the University of Otago School of Pharmacy Clinic. Hero kawakawa, farihaumanu, sharing insights into the clinical consultations that help patients review and manage their medicines. Located on campus at 325 Great King Street, Dunedin, these consultations are an innovative service available free of charge to those in the area or available online via telehealth. Pharmacists will listen to your concerns and questions. They will provide information and advice, and they can work with your healthcare providers to help you get the most of your medicines.
call 03-479-8141 to make an appointment or visit their website at otago.ac.nz slash pharmacy clinic. Patient car parking is provided. Terms and conditions may apply. No mai, haere mai. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.